Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Share Your Drafts. Thank you so much for joining me once again. What you're about to listen to is a panel discussion from last night at York University. The Entrepreneurship Development Association invited myself, Mafuz Chaudhary, Emily Fokal, and Hassan Halal, all from different marketing agencies, to come out and talk about what marketing strategies should you focus on when you're starting out. Take a listen to what we had to say last night. I hope you enjoy. guys thank you again for coming out um, first of all we're gonna start off from here moving on forward uh, talk a little bit about yourself as well as what keeps you up in the morning what gets you up in the what morning? keeps me up in the morning hey everyone uh, thank you so much for having me really excited to be here uh, fear is back I used to go to Seneca so I used to spend a lot of time at York so a little nostalgic coming back um, my name is Astawa I run a company called DXM creative we are a growth-driven design and marketing company, so we look at developing websites that fit into your buyer journey. So understanding what types of users are coming from, what channels, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, how are they interacting with the website, how much time are they spending there, where are they going if they leave, and how do we get them to come back. So really using a website as a big, powerful marketing tool for you. I'm really excited to hear about your entrepreneurial journeys today and hopefully how I can help add some value with uh, my experience. What keeps you up in the morning? What keeps me up in the morning? What gets me up in the morning? Um, like most of you, my parents were immigrants to this country and they had, a hu- they had an amazing life back home. I'm from Bangladesh and my dad worked for Biman, uh, the airlines, and like, they had a maid. So they gave all that up to come here for me. So every single morning I think of that and I know like, yo, I can't sit around just dicking around if I don't make something of myself. So that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. So thank you for coming. I'm Emily Foucault, and I am the founder and president of ThinkHatch. We are a strategic marketing communications agency, and typically we work with startups and small businesses and help them to go to market. Um, I had about over a decade of experience at some of the largest global agencies in Toronto, um, and I burned out, and I had a mental health crisis, and I realized at that time there was a really big opportunity to change the way that um, agencies operate. That's how I founded ThinkHatch, um, the premise of people first, and that's not just lip service. We actually, in everything that we do, make sure that our team is mentally healthy and our clients are happy and healthy as well. Um, and we look at marketing as a whole. So um, not just one uh, channel, but strategically, what channels do we need to implement in the strategy to successfully go to market? And honestly, what gets me up in the morning <laughs> is working for myself. Is that bad to say? Yeah. No, that's great. Um, that's why they're all here. They're your boss. Yeah. Really. <laughs> awesome. Um, starting with uh, what gets me up in the morning, I think more than anything else, it's very similar to the Stawa story. Uh, just the environment of being brought here as an immigrant and not knowing where you wanted to start. And uh, as much as your parents encourage you to get into a certain role like an engineer or a, an accountant, I got a glorified role as a marketer, which didn't make them as proud as I wanted it to be. Um, but I joined a company called Candy Box Marketing. I work as an account manager, so I work directly with clients in order to help them really just solve any business problems, uh, which is a lot of fun because it allows me to dip my feet into about 10 different industries every single day, and it really tests me as a true marketer. Uh, on the side, I decided to write my own book, so I published my own book last year called Project Reinvention, where I shared a bit of my journey from coming into this country and I, how I worked my way up into a role that I was, I'm extremely happy with. And I'm also a host of a, uh, a podcast show that's on Spotify and Apple, Apple iTunes called Why With Me. So very excited to go into the different arenas of 
how to use different mediums to help you out with the marketing strategies. Mm. Guys, Hassan Halal, uh, founder and CEO of Boost Marketing Media. I'm a serial entrepreneur, so it's one of the businesses that we do run. Uh, what wakes me up in the morning, what, what drives me in the morning, what gets me up in the morning. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I'm awake, I'm alive, I have opportunity, I'm not going to take advantage of it. No, I have to. Uh, and as an entrepreneur, I have responsibilities and Awesome. So what has helped you guys get to where you are right now? And what advice would you give to students specifically mm -hmm. when it comes to the goals that they have in the same field as yourself? Mm -hmm. So what, what would you, what advice would you give? I think I'm the most recent student on the panel. Okay. So Don't age me, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, we started our company back in, in uh, when we were in high school, when we were, sorry, our first year of university and college. And one thing that I didn't make, didn't take advantage of that I, I wish I w uh, did was the fact that I was a student. Like I had so many professors in classes that were so knowledgeable, that had been in different industries, that could have introduced me to this person, that person. And aside from helping me get clients, they could have just mentored me and, and kind of reduced the learning curve for me too. So that's one piece of advice I would definitely give to all of you. Make use of the time that you have here. And especially being a student now in this golden age of entrepreneurship, there's so much money and guidance that is available to you that wasn't available before and might not be available in the next couple of years because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how the climate's going to change our entrepreneurship. So we have this moment right now, this window of opportunity that if you take advantage of, you can set you up for a long run of success, hopefully. Um, how I got started was, um, so I, I didn't start out to build a marketing company. So my co-founder and I, Ali, uh, out of high school, we wanted to start a fashion line. So we wanted to start a company called A&R, and he's from Pakistan, from Bangladesh, South, South Asia. We wanted to pull on our backgrounds and cultures from, from those countries and mix it with Western streetwear. And we wanted to, that was the first thing, and we wanted to strictly be e-commerce. The problem with the first one was that we didn't have enough money to actually make the clothes. We had all designs made, we had production lined up, but we couldn't actually press go until we had the cash. Second problem was that we wanted to be strictly e-commerce, but that, at that time, neither of us knew how to build an e-commerce website. So we started reaching out to different companies and asking for quotes to build a website. And of course, being out of high school, it wasn't anything we could afford. I was working at McDonald's, he was working at a thrift shop. So we started digging into different websites though, like breaking them apart, studying their source code, and then that's how we learned how to build our own website. So we solved the problem of having a, web, a website for ourselves. done. But we solved the money problem. But we looked at each other, we're like, yo, we got this skill now that we know people charge a lot for, we can do it, why not like, sling a couple of websites and make some cash and start the, start the company? So one client turned into two, two clients turned into four, then we quickly found ourselves having an affinity for digital marketing and technology, and, and it just led down this path of DXM where you know, five years into it, we're having a blast, got clients like York University, international nonprofits, tech startups, so it wasn't planned, but I'm glad uh, it panned out the way it did. Awesome. Yeah, and I'll say what helped me to get where I am today is um, honestly hitting rock bottom. Mm -hmm. um, I had nothing to lose and a lot to gain. Um, and also the, the decade of experience that I had at some of these big global agencies allowed me to take my learnings from these experiences and turn them into opportunities. And that 
when I took the time to get mentally healthy again, I realized that there's that really big opportunity. Um, and it helped me to kind of shape the business and how I was going to run it effectively. Um, and I will say as an entrepreneur, it, it will never be the right time to start, never. There will be a ton of noise around you. There will be a lot of people telling you, this may happen, this could happen. It will always be there and it's never the right time and I just encourage you to take that leap um, and always really kind of believe in yourself and, and remind yourself often, because you will need to, that you can do this um, and to just keep yourself motivated that way. Um, because quite honestly, I, I don't think it will ever be the right time. Yeah. Um, and just really kind of stay true to yourself and, and, and the business and what you're doing and, and making sure that the model that you're actually implementing is one that long-term is sustainable. Awesome. Um, very quickly, just two quick tips. Uh, number one, one of my biggest encouragements that I've really dove into more than anything else when I was a student is I was I was very, very aggressively curious. And what that means is that whenever I see a success story or a failure, I would spend a lot of time obsessing and dissecting it to figure out what is it about that concept and that situation that allowed it to be successful or result as a failure. Um, you know, app is a great example of it. Any, any one of you doing the networking session, if you want to take a look at my phone screen, you're gonna see a lot of useless apps on my phone. But what I tend to do every month is I'll go over the app store and I'll download all the top free apps. And I spend a lot of time actually downloading it and maybe playing it for a day or two, just to understand what is it about that app that allowed it to get to the top 10. Like they did something right that no one else is doing. They have some kind of strategy in place that makes you want to go back and use that app every single day. So there's something that's very unique about it that if you get creatively uh, very curious and you start diving into it, you're gonna come up with a lot of ideas of how you can bring those strategies into your ideas, whatever it is. You're gonna end up having apps that are video games, some are sports games, some apps like Tinder where you're gonna have a fight with your significant other, but it's okay, hopefully they understand. But it's just an opportunity for you to have different apps that allows you to separate yourself and learn things. My second biggest thing, and I, I almost wanna push this as like, the first question, but also the most important thing I want to share with you today is I want to encourage you to start in your backyard. When I was in uh, Sheridan College, I looked around the campus and I asked myself, where in the world in your life will you ever have an opportunity where you have art students, engineering students, science students, and business students mm -hmm. all in the same facility? Where in the world? When you're working out there in the field, that's very unlikely to happen. You have that available even in this room today. Um, I got lost while trying to get to this building and I walked by three different campuses, uh, three different buildings, and one of them was like science, one of them was engineering, and it made me realize very quickly that you have tons of funnels, tons of different funnels to create relationships that's very difficult to do outside of the school. So start in your backyard and build relationships today. They'll pay off long run. A lot of the uh, initiatives that I've done before I even got into Candy Box resulted in me collaborating with design students and creating logos, collaborating with animation students and creating videos. These things are very expensive out in the market, but you can do that with someone who wants to win just as bad as you do today. I like that. Wants to win just as bad as you want today. Good, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, uh, it's Instagram caption worthy. Boom, hashtag. <laughs> you can win the contest. <laughs> if, if you have a pen, you have a paper, write this down. There is no substitute for experience. You can't pay for it. You have to go out and you have to get experience. You have to trial and error. Try and fail. Try to succeed. And in that process, you have to know what you're looking for. So for me, it was lifestyle. What type of lifestyle did I want? And until I found that lifestyle, I kept trying. In this process, though, 
And you have, just like in one of the, you know, those Marvel fighting games, you have that power bar, your life bar. Every time you try, you're going to get hurt. Every time you fail, you're going you're to fall down. How do you restore that energy? How do you restore that life? Because that's what's going to drive you to the lifestyle that you want. Cool. I <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Um, so, next question. Um, when it comes to the new marketing trends, things are always changing in marketing, right? By the time a textbook gets published, a lot of new trends have already come out. So, mm -hmm. when it comes to staying on top of those, are there any specific resources that you guys use that you could share with some of with us? Whether it's uh, books, specific books, whether it's specific podcasts, um, or general marketing trends, how do you stay up to date with all the marketing buzz mm -hmm. out there? That are free, please. <laughs> <laughs> free, because we're students. Yeah. <laughs> I'll actually start this one because I don't want to actually give one specific resource for anyone because I quite honestly think everyone's resources should be different. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And I think when you're thinking about what resources you need to tap into, you need to go back to the fundamentals of the business that you're trying to create. So you need to think of what need am I um, servicing? Um, where do I fit in the customer journey? How am I gonna get there? And then constantly be focused on the trends to help you with your business. Because a lot of the times entrepreneurs, we have shiny object syndrome. We think, oh, this is the new fancy trend. We're gonna stick on this trend and we're gonna implement this because mm -hmm. this is what's trendy. And when you look at it, it's like that doesn't even match your business and the objective and what you're trying to achieve. So I would say trying to eliminate shiny object syndrome. Um, I see it a lot. I, I mentor um, 10 female entrepreneurs and I see this a lot with them where they say, Em, I need to implement this because this is the new um, trend. And I, I always ask, but why? How does that fit into your business plan and where you're going in the path that you're taking? So that would be my biggest advice is there wouldn't be one specific platform, book, resource that you need to um, be looking at and watching, but find the resources within your business sector or your, um, I guess, tactical execution, your direction, and, and follow those trends very closely and stick to that. Um, might not be exactly the, the answer that you are wanting to hear, mm -hmm. but I do think being mindful of um, staying very focused will, will absolutely help long term. Building off of what Em said, one good thing to do or to be mindful of is to watch people do. When you're on Instagram, when you're on Twitter and you're scrolling around, and you come across your favorite brand or personality doing something or the way they write a caption or the type of media they post, take notes. Take notes of how it's performing or how it's engaging as opposed to what you might be posting or another brand that may be posting that might not be as engaged as this one. So apart from reading books, listening to podcasts, blogs, all that, just watching how different brands execute can be a lot more valuable than just looking for a quick cheat sheets on what to do or to make use of. And like, like, I, men like I mentioned, um, it's really good to just stick to a couple platforms. Like when you're starting out, it's good to stick to a couple platforms that you feel are your strengths. So if you're a good writer, maybe, maybe try Medium for a little bit or Twitter. I love Twitter for, for writers because Twitter is a great way to keep practicing your writing every single day in 280 little bytes, 280 character bytes, as opposed to writing a huge book. If your aspiration is to write like a big book or to become a great blogger, then maybe you could start with shorter form content of the same medium, Twitter, right? So to summarize, um, watch what people do and try to, try to get really good at one discipline of communicating on a specific uh, network. Yeah, and honestly, to your point, I see this a lot too. People think from a social media strategy that they should be on all platforms because all platforms exist and I should be publishing on all of them. But again, mm -hmm. thinking back to that, being very strategic and focused, 
does it make sense based on your business to be on all of those platforms? Or if you are there, are you just contributing to what I call content clutter, which is excessive right now? Um, and so nobody wants to do that and nobody wants to just see content for the purpose of seeing content. Um, so again, kind of going back to yeah. the same focus, finding that niche and what platform you should actually be on is completely relevant. Yeah. Just yeah. one more disclaimer too on the note of studying others. Take that with a grain of salt because what others do might not be the right thing to do as well. They might be getting engagement because of their circumstance. They might have a lot of followers already. They might have a good rapport one-on-one -on -one with the followers too, a relationship that you might not have with your followers. So study what they do, but be mindful of how it might play into your context and where you are as a content creator or a business right now too. Yeah, I, I think it is very important to stay on top of trends, but to not neglect what you're doing at the current moment, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone likes to talk about what's happening in the next three years, but I actually think most of us are sucking at what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And I, so I want to encourage you, um, I love that both of you dove into like, hey, limit yourself into a few good platforms and not all of them, because there are so many choices, right guys? Like we could probably brainstorm and come up with a good 30 platforms that are worth diving into and they can all help you win. Um, Estawa nailed it when he said, find one that works for you. Um, you know, working in the agency, I spent a lot of time with clients and a lot of them like going out there and doing public speaking and keynote presentations. And I'll be frank, about 70% of them really suck at it. And that's okay because that's not their role. Their come up wasn't becoming a public speaker. Their come up was running and operating a successful business. So they found their way of doing it. So I had to have a sit down with them, give them some tough love and figure out what their strength is. If you guys like writing, as he suggested, medium, blog writing is a very important aspect. If you're a great speaker, look at public speaking and maybe mm -hmm. podcasting. If you like being in front of the camera and you have a great personality and you're very energetic, get in front, of the, uh, in front of the camera and start taking over YouTube. I highly encourage you to win in one platform because that's more beneficial than being mediocre in three. Mm -hmm. I think there's just a huge opportunity out there where if you win in uh, one sector, which kind of takes me back to a very silly high school story, but I'd like to share this because it really simplifies the concept of why I messed up by trying to become good at everything. Uh, we used to have an arcade right across the street from our high school, and me and my friends used to go down there every single day, and there used to be a foosball table. I was absolutely obsessed with foosball, and I considered myself a legend in year one because I was probably the best foosball player there was. Over time, my eyes started drifting, and I started looking <laughs> at the Marvel versus Capcom game right next door to it, so I started spending less time on foosball and playing Marvel versus Capcom. Then I started playing a couple other games, and eventually when I came back to football, I was getting wrecked. Mm -hmm. I was getting absolutely <laughs> crushed by other people that weren't even that great at it. And it gave me, a, as silly as that story is, the realization is there's a lot of great things that you can play and probably be very good at it, but don't forget the things that you're best at, because the second you step away from it, you're falling behind. Facts. Yeah. So I could add just to everything these guys are saying, because I fit right in the same boat, especially with what M said. What, what was it, shiny things in there? Shiny objects in there. Yeah. Like fast. And yeah. Because it's, it's what's popular, it's what's moving, it's what's viral. And if we try to adapt that fast, there's so much going on that you're going to get lost. Mm -hmm. And if, if you are trying to move in a direction and you know where you want to go, then harness those skills. See the industry leaders. If they're moving in the path that you want to move in, if they're living the lifestyle that you want to live, Follow that path, follow how they're doing things instead of trying to see what's viral and what, what's popping right now because what's popping might not be for you. Yeah. It goes back to that noise. I, I said when, when you're an entrepreneur, it's never going to be the right time and there's going to be a lot of noise surrounding you and that's with trends too, right? Um, and, and so just, again, trying to mitigate that as much as possible and really stay focused. One last note on trends. I think it's great 
so the world record egg thing happened, right? And then we see so many trends like this popping up every now and then. What's awesome though is that if you do take the time beforehand to get really good at your craft and your network, um, your platform, then when those trends come, then you have that unique voice that you can capitalize on that trend with, right? And that doesn't mean you have to capitalize on every single trend, but once every quarter, once every blue you'll find a trend that really works with the, your style of marketing and your brand. Mm -hmm. And that's your chance to pounce on that with how you market too. So um, getting, good the, getting good at the fundamentals can get you those opportunities where you can really shine. Mm -hmm. Wow, awesome. Thanks so much, guys. A uh, quick show of hands. How many of you have actually started up your business, mm -hmm. registered, and Here. a little higher? So Here. I could. Here, in general. And then, so how many of you are planning to start a business? Okay, nice. awesome. <laughs> so, That's it. Um, so based off that, um, we're students. We don't have too much money in our pockets. So when it comes to marketing budget, to acquiring the first couple customers, to go ahead and being a startup without that many funds, what are different options that we have to go ahead and hit the market running? What is what are some tips that you guys would give us? Let's we'll start on that on the table, yeah. so we don't yeah. take all your ideas. I mean, entrepreneurship means uh, different things for different people. For me, entrepreneurship is equivalent to sales. And sales, if you can sell, you can make money, you can run a business. If you can't, then where's where's the where's your income coming from? There is no business if there's no income. So as an entrepreneur, you gotta know sales, you gotta know what you're selling, your product, what it is that you're actually doing. And if you understand that, then you can run your business. Now, um, when it, for me, entrepreneurship was, you know, building this nice office, getting things going. Yeah. But what I, you know, doing the business things, the business, oh, I'm a businessman, I wear a suit, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. No, that wasn't it. Is can I, can I get the system to operate? Can I get the system to flow? Uh, can I generate income? And you don't need any budget because all you need is a phone. We all have a phone in here, if not one, two. We have iPads and laptops. You find a business, and in this industry, why it's so beautiful, why I love it, and why I fell in love with it, is because you need nothing but a phone and, and people. Networking. Hey, what's going on? Oh, I'm starting a business. I need a website. Fantastic. It's a service. I can do it. So if you learn these skills, if you learn these traits, if you can sell, you'll be a great entrepreneur. Um, I, being in the digital side, and I know Star Wars is going to definitely build on this, is uh, there's a big commonality in a lot of the objectives, right? Regardless of what kind of business that you have, there's going to be something that takes place around the concept of needing a website and needing to advertise, right? And one of the things that we do with, as Candy Box, just to keep life interesting, is we have a rule of thumb that every year we're going to try to launch a new initiative, every single year. And what's been really incredible to me is it has never been cheaper to start a business today than it's ever been in the history of humanity, ever. But at the same time, it's never been more difficult to stand out. So one of the things that we do is every time we launch a new business, majority of them will actually fail. And you know the public doesn't see it because we just drop it and move on to the next idea. But there's two or three that skyrockets and we hold on to it and it essentially becomes a big part of our business. We now have a sister company called Launch48 that came to life as a result of one of our secondary ideas that we entertained once upon a time. As a student, if you wanted to start today and you wanted to get an idea out there, start with building a good website. Start with building a website yourself if you don't have the budget to hire someone else and spend some time really mm -hmm. building it to a point where you, you feel like you've done a good job in marketing the product. And the reason I push website more than anything else is you could have the world's greatest marketing campaign. You could have the best advertising strategies, but what does a million visitors on your website mean if no one actually converts? 
if nothing happens? Like, what's the point of getting to that destination if the doors aren't even open? So I want to start with the website concept where if you nail the website, now you can go into the second concept, which is pushing people to the website using advertising. If there's one skill that everyone in this room should be good at, no matter what your business is, is learning how to be good at Google and Facebook advertising. No matter what your business is, I can challenge you that Google and Facebook advertising will win. You can say, hey, food, but we're B2B. Well, your customers are still human, and they still use Facebook. And I assure you that Facebook advertising is absolutely viable for your business. And believe it or not, and this is something that I do every single day, is I constantly have an ad that's running 24-7 around the clock. And it's not like I'm spending thousands of dollars on it. I spend as simple as $5 a day. Mm -hmm. $5 a day. And every three days after spending $15, I've reached out to about 4,000 targeted people to push to my website. 4,000 people for $15. And if you don't see the value of that as a student, you're going to spend a lot of time knocking on doors and connecting with these people in an in-person relationship, which by the way is very valuable. I'm not gonna undersell it. But you're losing on the opportunity to actually funnel a big, large people in a different scale to your website that's going to help you win. So please take this as an opportunity while you're in school, while you have the time to maybe take on other initiatives and educational resources that you can, get really good at Facebook advertising and Google advertising because it will take you a long way. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. The other thing that I would say, one of the biggest challenges that you'll face as an entrepreneur um, is who do we trust? It's very much, there's an expert in everything. Um, and you'll see that a lot, yeah. and as a startup and as an entrepreneur, it will be hard for you to sell that you have the expertise against whoever it may be that has already been in market. And I would say that'll be a challenge, but also see it as an opportunity. Leverage the people who are friends and who are already in your existing networks and work with them on um, free services at the beginning in building up your case studies and your credibility and your project scope um, and that will help you to show real life examples of what you're capable of doing um, because that you will find that as a big challenge is it, who do you trust your startup everyone's a startup we all say we're startups right now this is the economy we live in right now but how do you prove that against one person or another is show them show them what you've done and in order to do that again have the network that you already are connected with. That could be family, that could be friends, that could be whoever. Um, and just say, I'm looking to start out my business. We build websites. I'd love to help you revamp your website. Can I help you do that? Um, I would be very surprised if someone would say no to help someone. Um, so I would say leverage that. And again, just turning that challenge into an opportunity for you. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's nice starting on that end of this. I've had, I've had a lot of time to think, so. <laughs> so, um, what was I gonna say? So I love Starbucks. In December, I use Mint for my finances to see where my money goes and all that. In December, I spent 400 bucks on Starbucks. It's that auto reload on the card, man. I, <laughs> so, I, I looked at that after, I'm like, damn, what have I spent that just running ads? So, I was kinda cheesed about that, but, but like Mafu said, on Instagram, you can literally run ads for five bucks a day. And we all spend five bucks or more on this. Like, we're all, you guys are all students, you, you need to stay awake. Um, so start doing small experiments like that. Like, if you, if you have a selfie that really takes off, put some money behind it, why not? Like, pe people like, make fun of you for being a narcissist and all that, but you get to learn like, what that process looks like. And I get to work with a, a lot of new grads, and what you'll find is that a lot of grads have all this theory behind them, but they don't actually know what it looks like on a day-to-day -day or what it looks like when you're actually going through it. So 
if you have that experience, then you're already a step ahead of a lot of your peers. So I would definitely recommend doing that. Um, going back to the question of being tight on a budget and how do you start marketing without a lot of dollars, one thing that I would recommend doing before you even start building a web page would be to curate a page on Instagram or Facebook. And what I mean by that is, let's say you're really into, let's say you're really into coffee and Starbucks. Maybe start an Instagram page around cafes, bakery, coffee, and curate content. Go around reposting content with credits, of course. Create your own maybe captions around it, and start to build that as your landing page. Because as some of you might notice with your like business pages on Instagram or Facebook, it can be really hard for people to get to click through to that actual link to get to your website. But everyone more often than not finds you first through Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. So that is your first impression. That's your handshake with a potential client or a customer. So curating that page to be as appealing as possible is a great way for you to start getting some customers, learning about what your audience is like, and tweak it as well. The second thing I want to mention is one thing that we talk about a lot in marketing is that you need to build an audience before you need an audience. What you notice with companies like Jerry Media, for example, so I don't know if I can cuss, but like F Jerry, the page on Instagram, that's a content curation page for the Jerry Media company. They've built this audience which serves a couple purposes. It shows potential clients that look, Jerry Media can actually do what they say. They've gone out and gotten, they've gotten followers, gotten engagement, they can do what they're talking about. And for Jerry Media too, it's a way for them to constantly practice their craft. Right? They're always posting content, curating content, engaging with followers, looking at different ways to grow their following too. So they're always practicing what they're selling too. Um, I just got reminded of a funny story while my pa fellow panelists was talking. One of the ways we got our first client was uh, we saw a poster somewhere like for a spa looking for a website. And we had just like learned those skills. So we're like, all right, let's, let's try it out. And at the time we had no portfolio. So what we did is we learned uh, we, we built like two websites quickly for my dad who's an accountant and for like a makeup artist. And they weren't good websites by any means, but we really flexed like our, our design knowledge. Like we, showed, we put all these cool things and these cool elements and all that just to show them like, hey, we can do this. And they trusted us enough to build their site for us too. So don't, don't be afraid to be scrappy and use the excuse of, oh, I'm students, to be, to be cutting corners and be a little rough around the edges. I'm so glad you dove into the, the personal branding side because I think that's an important part of the discussion. Um, you know, I mentioned I published a book last year. One of the things that I had an opportunity to do was spend my time um, hanging around with a lot of authors, right? Because as much as I've been a marketer for many years, I can honestly accept that I wasn't a great writer. Like, I didn't actually understand the process of putting a book together, getting it out to market, getting it up on a shelf. So I had to spend a lot of time with authors. And one of the biggest things that I see that's a flaw to a lot of the authors out there in the industry is they spend all their time writing the book, and when they put their mm -hmm. book out there, they finally say, oh crap, I probably should have started an Instagram account. Yeah. Right, I yeah. probably should have made a website. I probably should have started my first Twitter account. So in, in desperation of selling that book, they're going to then create an Instagram account and be like, buy my book, buy Oops. my book, yeah. buy my book. And they'll, you know, sadly, they're gonna have a tragic experience because no one's yeah. gonna buy their book because no one knows who they are. And I, I like where Astal was going, where if you spend your time now, even before your idea comes into fruition, mm -hmm. and you're spending ideas, speaking your passion through your social accounts like Instagram and Twitter, mm -hmm. and you're getting into conversations and building relationships with the other individuals in that space, by the time your product comes out, you've already established a relationship where people feel like they're supporting a friend yeah. rather than buying from a business. Mm -hmm. And I'm a marketer, but I've had a very successful book sale, and I've had a very successful podcast, and I'm not a special uh, specialist at either of them. 
I just knew that my relationships and the brand that I've created around me would allow me to now roll out new ideas and do different things. If you do a good job building a good brand, your the opportunities will be endless for all the things that you want to mm -hmm. do in the future. Even if you don't know what you want to do today, just start building a brand and they'll give you options down the road. We can talk about brand building forever. Um, just bef before we before we came up here, I was asked like how do you how do you sell? Do you do cold calls and all that? And my answer was back in the day like we did a little bit of it, but we really don't do any of it, and most of the sales come through that brand. Whether it, whether it's in person, meeting people, or or, or online, when people get, to, we're we're in an interesting era right now. You'll probably see it in your textbooks where people want to people people want to be sold on relationships. They want to get to know you, how you operate. Like with all of our agencies, just because I like a client might come to a prospect might come to us, but might might decide to go with Emily as opposed to me because they like her and how she works. Mm -hmm. They might want to come with me because they like my process. It's a lot more personal and relationship oriented too. So if you can build that brand, that's your biggest selling tool, and that's that'll slowly start attracting the right people to you, the people you want to work with. Competitive advantage yeah. too. Yeah, no one can no one can be you. Yeah, and I, I would say that sometimes um, this is going to sound odd, but um, the trait of being personable is not always a skill for people, and that that's the reality. We're not all good. People. people. But like, uh, <laughs> but it, it's not people, it's um, like relationship yeah, building. Like yeah. We're just not all socially. Um, sure. Yeah, yes. exactly. And don't take that as a, as a negative. Embrace your weakness and partner with someone mm -hmm. who has that skill. Mm -hmm. No one is good at everything and we can't expect to be good at everything. And if that isn't your strength, and because relationships are what people are being sold on, make sure that you have that um, in someone, either a partner or um, whoever it may be, so they can support you in that. A couple points about the question, um, whether it's cost or experience. Like, if you're still in school, you're not in the workspace yet. You don't need to make money as much as someone with more responsibilities. Free work is a thing. Free work will get you through the experience. Like you said, you, you did a couple websites before he got his first job. They were probably free websites? No, I just made them because I wanted to. Okay. Yeah, cool. but. <laughs> well, I mean, someone got a free yeah, product. Yeah. Your dad yeah. it's now built. Yes. Right? <laughs> so, so someone got a free product, and by getting that free product, you got the experience yeah. Yeah. To, to go through that. And especially if it's a big business or a bigger client, and you go over there and you want to do this free you know this free trial or this or this free service for them you can now put them on your resume that's that's now on your portfolio mm -hmm. what did you pay for that nothing your time your time and if they didn't want to pay yeah. you guess what they still you're still able to use them on your portfolio because you did the free work for them so then that way you can build your experience build your portfolio and cost you nothing yeah. awesome advice guys mm. it's funny you said uh, the free Free stuff. I, I did. Uh, we did our vid first video production. It was uh, for Make a Wish Foundation. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice! Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, because of that, we uh, got into contact with more potential clients. So that's case study. I 100 agree with with, um, with the free aspect. Um, okay, so before I'm, I feel like I'm hogging the stage. So if anybody has any questions before I ask my next one, okay, awesome. So, like getting free stuff and everything is cool, but in the end, you still have to budget a specific number for your right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Starting, you either have a budget or you don't. And if you don't have a budget but you want to start a business, what do you do? 
So like, you know, you're caught in the middle, I want to start a business, but I don't have a budget. So then you have no choice but to do three things, or you have to go do something else, make that money, and then, and then be able to build a brand, build that website, hire these people, and then have an agency or have the product that you want to be able to release. But if you don't have that budget, what, are, what other options do you have? So the question, like, maybe I didn't say it clearly, I meant, how do you know how much you're gonna spend? Yeah. For your for, for the for your marketing project, like for your marketing. yeah. Well, it depends on what it is, I guess. Uh, there's you can you can you can create a website for free nowadays. You yeah. can find templates for free nowadays. Graphic design, you can have uh, free softwares nowadays. So I mean, it depends. If you have a camera, well, I mean, it's just your time. So it depends on what it is actually in the industry. But a lot of free can happen, especially in the industry that we're in today. Yeah, typically, what I say for the entrepreneurs that I um, mentor is. We look at, um, it always comes back to what do you project your sales to be this year? Um, so once you have those projections in place, if you say I'm gonna have one client this year, yeah. I always take 20% of that sale and put it towards marketing. So if you're saying we're gonna get 10 clients and that equates to X amount, you take 20% of that. Um, and that's usually a good baseline for startups. Um, that said, there's always an anomaly and I, I deal with some client or some mentees that are high um, potential growth and they're, they're going extremely fast and um, in that case we actually allocate more towards um, marketing um, but again that's usually a good baseline for uh, mm -hmm. a marketing spend annually for, for a <coughs> strategy. I just want to make sure I understand your question correctly. Uh, you're asking how do you build a marketing budget to run ads and, and marketing efforts and all that. Is that right? How do you build a marketing budget? Yeah. What do you mean by build? I'm just trying to understand your question. Okay, so my question is, you're saying um, how much you need. When your budget, when you're yeah. creating yeah. your Excel sheet. Yeah. yeah. You put fifty thousand for marketing. How sure. do you know what to put under? How do you know what that number is? So look at your sales. Yeah. yeah. Look at your sales first and then out of that take that twenty percent and allocate it towards marketing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, that twenty percent can fluctuate. Yeah. If you want yeah. huge growth in your first year, you need a lot towards marketing. So you need to take that mm -hmm. out. And I think one of the other questions to kind of help you with um, kind of being scrappy at the beginning and how do you take on your first client when you don't have money in the bank and this and that. Um, what actually worked for us was, and, and it wasn't overlooked, um, was we actually got 50% uh, of funds up front on any new project yeah. and we did that and we actually maintained that as our policy. Um, and, and it works, clients have never disputed that with us. Mm -hmm. They understand that we're operating costs are, are needed up front. Um, and, and so that does help if, yeah. if you do get a big contract um, put it in before you send it to them, uh, making sure that's included in invoice or estimate, um, that there's those conditions up front so you are not going back to them after and saying, great, you want to work with us on this project, but now we want 50%. And they're like, whoa, 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 you never told us about that. Make sure you're completely transparent from the beginning. But that'll help you with cash flow. Yeah, great points. Um, if you're in a position where you're just starting and you don't know like what your sales would be or anything, um, a good, a good way to kind of figure out what that number on your Excel sheet would be is just do a small campaign of maybe a few pieces of content over a couple of weeks and see how much that costs you and just use that as your baseline. And as you keep running more campaigns, you'll start to see, do I need to spend more? Do I, just, do I need to spend less? And then that'll start to give you an idea when you're starting out of what that number in your Excel sheet looks like. Um, what was I gonna say? Also, just building off of what Emily said, one of the problems that we faced early on in our business was that because we were a small team, if we were servicing a client, no one was out making sales or, or doing marketing. So reinvesting the money that you, that you get from a new client into running ads or bringing someone on to assist with sales and marketing support is a great way to ensure that the funnel is being fed mm -hmm. while the work is being done too.
Does that answer your question? Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so we have a question right there. Uh, my name is Janet, and uh, I have had an uh, opportunity, privilege of having it a startup from my home when I was in my country. What I'm having problems these days is that I'm new to Canada, and this has been this is my fifth month. Wow, congrats. Oh, wow. Welcome to Canada. Awesome. It's great weather out, eh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Right, yeah. <laughs> but here, there is no way for me, at least this past five months, to learn what are the markets, what are the needs, right. where, where are the loopholes right. that I can use. And it's really starting to uh, be an obstacle that I think I cannot overcome. Mm -hmm. So, do you have any suggestions for that? So, now, where, 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 where are you from? Where are you from? Iran. So much better weather than we have right here, right? <laughs> so I, I have a funny story to share about this, and I, and I hope it'll be helpful for you. Um, a few weeks ago, I sat down, had coffee with a gentleman from India, a new immigrant. He's been here for about six or seven months now, uh, much older, but he had a really deep history of working in uh, marketing in India. Like they, they did huge rebrands and huge campaigns for large uh, clothing companies there. So he has all this experience, but as a lot of us know, look, when you come here, that experience isn't really valued as much. But he had a unique perspective, which was very positive, and I was like, kind of surprised to hear it. So because he, he's been in the fashion industry doing marketing there, and he has similar aspirations here, what he did is he went to Saks Fifth here, and he got a job just on sales, like on the floor in retail. And he did that because what he told me was that he just wanted to have conversations with people. He wanted to just talk to the people here and get to know how do you speak, what resonates with you, how do you buy, why are you buying this lapel as opposed to that lapel, why do you pair those colors with that sock, just so he could understand the market. So he's literally on the ground learning face to face. So when he goes to apply for a larger company, hopefully, in, in, the, in a similar role that he was in, he's here with that same knowledge with transferred to our context. So I would encourage you to not, you don't have to go get a job at whatever, but Definitely start, start talking to people. Information interviews are a great way to start that. Go on LinkedIn, uh, search the titles of people that you're interested in, and reach out, grab a coffee, and get to know their story and what they're doing here. And just those conversations would help you get a better idea of what does the market here look like? Yeah, I hope that helps. Yeah, yeah. I would say a mentor as well. Thank you. Yeah, they'll be able to help. Actually, I have a suggestion for that mentor. If you have a pen. Yes. Immigrant, woman in business, and uh, look for Of course. with the concept of saying people want to connect with other people, right? They don't want to 
be sold by corporate. So you should avoid the corporate talk on your website. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, given the fact that you're a new business, nobody knows you, uh, or what you do, what you're trying to sell and all that, you don't have credibility. Mm -hmm. So how do, you, how do you find a balance between those two? So I can talk about myself, sure, but I'm not credible, right? For, for selling and all of that. So why, the, why do you think you're not credible? Well, because for instance, me, I w I'm trying to get into the fashion industry, okay. but I don't have any clothes. Uh, fashion, fashion background. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> there is, there is no, as of now, at this point in time, there is no product, the product out there yep. yet. Yep. So the goal would be to you know uh, start yeah. engaging yep. with the consumers with prospects sure. of that yeah. for sure. uh, target market, that niche market, and then you know build it along with. So I know we have a few minutes left, but something I mentioned earlier, which I think is specific to what you're doing, is you don't have products or anything yet, but you do have your knowledge and opinions about it. So what you could start doing is you could curate a page or take take photos or outfits or you probably know of uh, business of fashion. There's a magazine yeah. talking about the business of Zara, all these companies, right? Start talking on Twitter or Instagram about these happenings in the industry. Start building a voice off of other people's content. So then you start to show people like, hey, I do know what I'm talking about. And you're not putting yourself in a risky position where you're creating original content where it's just you. You're leveraging kind of what's out there already and just giving your two cents about it. Mm -hmm. So that's a quick and sweet way to start building credibility in there. Yeah. I, Go ahead. I was just going to say, make sure you're engaging in the conversation, not just outputting information, yeah. but commenting on other people's posts and showing your knowledge and having them. So what that will do is encourage them to follow you back and that's how you're going to build your audience so it's not always about publish 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 it's about engagement that yeah. is really where the opportunity yeah. is and so just having those putting your comments out there and your knowledge out there is what is going to get you noticed yeah i know we got like threatened to get our butts kicked if we don't finish in five minutes but <laughs> i want you to know that i can go on and on about this and this yeah. is my favorite thing to talk about so do come talk to me after the For networking sure. and we can dive deep yeah. uh, let me just give you a quick stat to you we did last year uh the claims came out and said here is the growth 500 list and our agency ended up being the 16th fastest growing marketing company in all of canada and I don't say that to impress you. What I want to impress upon you is the fact that the entire company of Candybox Marketing was built on the backbone of young students that came as an intern and eventually worked their way into a full-time role. So, and the reason I asked you, why do you feel like you're not credible? And it's, it's a feeling that I got when I was a student. I want to take a spin on that perspective and really push you to think about why you are credible mm -hmm. and what you can actually offer to the industry that separates you. Uh, when I was working for Candybox, I initially joined as a co-op student, so I still had one foot in the campus, one foot in the workplace, and I remember being so freaking nervous sitting in boardrooms trying to pitch my ideas to CEOs, because I was like, who the hell am I to tell yeah. the CEO how to run his company? So I'd keep my mouth shut. It's been eight years, and I still share those same ideas that I had at, at college, and now CEOs are implementing them and getting great success. I promise you, the things that you're learning within the campus facilities and on your own time, are the most up-to-date trends that a lot of business owners are dying to see out there. So have some more faith in your own skills and your ability and what you're learning. Because what you're learning today is things that people are not paying attention to. And as I've been saying over and over, that's your competitive advantage. Use that to bring it to the market and show that you're credible because there are things that you know that people are going to start following you and keeping up with you and trust you. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. If you're not doing those three, then you're falling behind. And this is your opportunity to do that.
Awesome. Thank, Thank you so much. much, guys. Can we have a big round of applause? <laughs>And that's a wrap. I know there was a lot of stuff in there, but if there's one takeaway that I want you to leave with, it's this. There is no one right way to do marketing. The best way to figure out what works for you is to always be running experiments. If you got an idea, go test it. If it works, keep doing it. If it doesn't, try something new. You're not gonna know what works for you until you go out and test it and run experiments. With that being said, everyone, I want to thank you again so much for tuning back into another episode of Share Your Drafts. I'm curious to know what you learned from this episode too, so I can do more of that and try to give you the most value you get out of giving me your precious time. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend. Until next time, Astawa signing off.